Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the sixth episode of URT Number, the Amazing Race 32 recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Holmstone, and joining me as always is a Canadian who travelled around the world with people trying to pull on his facial hair, Logan Saunders. Good afternoon. And the lady who spends most of her time on this podcast pointlessly yelling, Michelle pierce Denovan. <laughs> I don't think I have anything to yell about. <laughs> it's time. Yeah, I've not irritated you yet. You'll have things to uh, to, to yell about by the end of this podcast. God. <laughs> and then Michelle will have 90 seconds to air out her frustrations with you. Yeah, at which point I will, of course, mute it entirely in the edit, because that's kind of what I do. Because I think it's fair to say, if you've seen anything on Twitter, I'm not a big fan of this season. Michelle is still, blindly. So <gasps> this is going to be a fun podcast. I'm not blindly. I actually enjoy it. And it's not blindly. Jesus. No matter what Amazing Race does, you always defend it. And I think you're going to be doing a bit of defending yeah. today because I'm not best pleased with the editors after this pair of episodes. Especially Almighty. It's one of the worstly edited episodes we've ever seen for reasons that I will get into fairly soon. Oh, jeez. Let's get on with it then. I am in between. There's one thing that I couldn't help but notice with with two of the tasks, one in each episode, that, yeah, we'll get into it too. <laughs> I'm genuinely interested to see whether Logan has picked up on the same thing that I've picked up on for the Almighty episode, but that's kind of halfway through. What, no Borat? Well, no, that as well. They didn't know that Borat 2 was going to be coming out by the time that this episode filmed. I guess when it's like 14 years since the first movie, or 12 years, pro or whatever it was, when they film this episode that the Borat references had probably gotten stale by that point. <laughs> yeah, but at least one person in this cast has surely got what I've done. We got first place. Great success. King of the castle. King of the castle. You do this. You do that. So yeah, previously, eight teams raced to Paris. Caitlin and Haley got off to a stumbling start while Leo helped James and Will against his better instincts. Riley and Madison gave their alliance advice and won the leg while Michelle and Victoria got very lost and were eliminated from the race. And teams must now travel by train to Berlin, Germany. And once there, they need to find the East Side Gallery and search for the next clue in a suitcase. Wait a second. There's an alliance on this season? I know, it's really subtle, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like each week we get a little, little bit more information about the interdynamics of this alliance. Well, really just with Gary and D'Angelo, but... It's like each episode they recap who's in the Alliance without really much additional information as if it's a viewer watching the season for the first time. I wish there was a bit more commentary as to what's going on. Like all we've had so far is the sub-Alliance and then people getting frustrated with Gary and D'Angelo this week and we are now seven episodes into this. So it's Riley and Madison who leave at 12.25am, Hung and Chi at 12.47, Leo and Alana at 12.58, James and Will at 1.21, Gary and D'Angelo at 2.15, Aparna and Nishwa at 2.25, and Kaylin and Haley just about coming in in the rear at 5.15am. <laughs> and I have, of course, done a little bit of research on this. The first train was about four minutes past nine in the morning, which means Riley and Madison had a long time to wait. They had another pit stop. 
Riley and Madison genuinely could have checked into a hotel in Paris for another eight hours or so and still made this train. Mm, poor guys. I mean, they could have had a sleep. Yeah, and the best thing is, they then went onto a train for seven and a half hours. I was thinking, a Paris to Berlin train, that's not thats not a short distance. No, it's the average is eleven and a half hours, because of course I did the research on this as soon as I realised they were doing the train. Because Paris and Berlin are the only two places on this season I've actually been to. They could have probably got there flying within about an hour. However, they were forced to take the train, and it's seven and a half, assuming they got the four minutes past nine train. Well, at least they have time to sleep on the train, if they wanted to. I guess it depends what type of... I I presume that production booked the train tickets for them, since they were all on the same train. I can guarantee that production booked the trains for them, because having used the TGV system in, uh, in France, you need to have booked... A few hours in advance, at least, to get to get on any TGV train, including, for example, Charles de Gaulle Airport to Marne Valley Chassis, where Disneyland Paris is. We couldn't get on a, a TGV train for about an hour and a half because we hadn't pre-booked. And we ended up um, just having to wait in Charles de Gaulle train station for for that long. So they 100% will have had to pre-book those trains. Plus, Paris and Berlin would be a very popular route to go through, so I don't think you would have to wait until after 9am to board the first train to Berlin. Based on personal experience, I've taken trains within France to go from one of the towns near the Luxembourg border to Paris, and the first train left at like 5.30am. 904 is genuinely what came up on the, uh, the SNCF website when I checked a few days ago. It may have been different in 2018, but... If you booked it now, then uh, 9.04am is the first train that goes to uh, to Berlin, and you still have to change once. Halmstone out. And Phil introduces Berlin by saying it has the world's largest train station, as opposed to leading with what it's actually famous for, like the Berlin Wall, where they're going anyway. And just out of interest, have you been to Germany, Michelle? Um, yes, I have. <laughs> I've drunk in a beer hall. The only reason I'm asking you rather than Logan is because I know for a fact Logan has never been to Germany. Yes, I've been to Germany. I bought some beautiful Christmas decorations in Germany, but I haven't been to Berlin, no. Ah, cool. So Hung and Chi, reminders of the Mine 5 Alliance, which is a stupid name, has never been said on the actual episodes, it is just production editorialising again. And Aparna introduces herself and Ishwa by doing Logan's favourite trope of saying that five legs of the Amazing Race is way harder than engineering at Berkeley. Again with the engineering. Again with the orphanarium. It's like what I said to you yesterday, was it, Logan? If Aparna and Ishwar make it to Final Five and still get this sort of edit next week when they go to India, are they officially the most boring team ever to make Final Five if they get through that leg? I don't know. It depends what content we get from them. I don't know if they break it. Because I, in my opinion, the current like competition right now for that award would be Jeremy and Sandy, Trey and Lexi, and who else? And then uh, London and Logan. I think those are like the three main teams from the American version of Amazing Race that just get to the end and are completely <laughs> irrelevant. And and Ishwar and Aparna. I think if we, I think at the end of the next double episode, we can have this conversation again. I don't know. I think it's more that they just lack a. I think we talked about this actually since the episode aired. A, they lack good sound bites. B, they lack 
charisma and see they lack overall engagement with the storylines. I don't think they they don't strike me as the type of team to really talk about other teams. For instance, actually, in one of the unaired scenes in the, I think when they were at the Paris pit stop with Gary and D'Angelo, Phil was asking, no, what do you think about the other team that's with you here at the pit stop? And then Ishwar and Aparna said, oh, we thought they'd be completely physical, but they're actually a strong team. And then Gary and D'Angelo said, oh, we don't think they have any weaknesses, which we now know is a lie because Aparna has really, really sucked at two consecutive roadblocks. Like she, she wasn't able to do the sauerkraut one and she had white face blindness at the Paris roadblock. So unsurprisingly, Kaylin and Haley say that they're happy to see everyone, and there is a mid-confessional sneeze, which may be my highlight of the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I think if you frame these, this pair of episodes through Kaylin and Haley, then it, it makes it far more entertaining than maybe those episodes actually are. Because they carried this pair of episodes. Oh my god, the first bit is great when you get to it. Uh, so when they actually get to Berlin, Kaylin and Haley are the only ones not to find a taxi, and when they do find a taxi, <laughs> their driver gives them a little bit of a roasting. <laughs> it's so good. And can you relax a little bit? <laughs> I can't understand what they're saying. <laughs> I must admit, the lady who we want to relax a little bit was almost your introduction this week, but I thought in a Brooke style you may get angry with me, so I didn't use it. <laughs> I laughed. I thought it was so good. And then I'm like, what did he just say? And I went back and looked again. That was so good. That sounds like totally how a German taxi driver would talk. <laughs> yeah, from my experience of German people, that is entirely accurate of Germany. <laughs> just relax. Slow, slow, just slow down. Enjoy yourself. You're in Berlin. Yeah, I've been to Berlin, Munich, and um, and Cologne, and yeah, that's pretty accurate for Germany, I'll be honest. I like the insinuation that all skinny people can run. I gotta tell you, there's some skinny people who really suck at running. Me? And don't say anything. Neither of you is allowed to say I'm not skinny. It's been locked down. I've been near food, all right? And in the taxi drive on the way to the Eastside Gallery, Chi says that he didn't know the Berlin Wall was part of the Cold War. Oh, I'm glad none of the... We had two different challenges that involved quizzes this week. I'm glad she didn't get a Cold War history quiz in Berlin. At least it was about sauerkraut. How much of the Cold War did you learn in Canada, out of interest, Logan? A lot. That was like... That was a huge chunk of what we learned in in either grade 12 social studies or history 12 at the end of high school. It was actually the... History 12 was when I did my final exam and I got... And was, this was a government exam, and I think I got something like 99.5% on it. <laughs> yeah, because Hung and Chi are like 10 years older than you, just under, I think. Yeah, they'd be close. Like, I, the Berlin Wall was already knocked down when I was born. I think Hung and Chi should have had a bit more knowledge. They would have been, they would have been watching the news when the Berlin Wall was coming down. I would have genuinely thought that Hung and Chi probably both would know quite a lot about... Um, about the Berlin Wall, given that they're not that much older than you or I. And in another fun moment, which we get absolutely no moments from Aparna and Ishwar other than this, when they get out of the cab, they nearly take out a cyclist, which is very, very funny, and doesn't linger that much on the episode. And it's James and Will who are first to find the suitcase. Now, the reason I asked if you'd been to Berlin before, Michelle, is whether you know this about the Eastside Gallery. The Eastside Gallery is in a very rough area of Berlin. 
it is not somewhere you want to run around at night. Well, at least they're in the day and they're in big groups of people. Well, they weren't. It was night by the time they got there. Was it was it after night? dark, this oh. entire leg, yeah. Yes. What's, what's with the Mason race and having an obsession with night legs in Germany? Because we rarely get night legs anymore. But whenever they're in Germany, that's always the one exception every single time. To be fair, there was only about eight hours of daylight by this point in, uh, in yeah. the filming schedule in Germany. It's very hard for them to actually film this Germany like any at any other time than in the night. But it was it was just early night though. It wasn't like midnight or it wasn't scary time yet. <laughs> no, they would have got in about just before five o'clock in the evening. Assuming they took the train that I think they did. Taxi and then try and drive those Travants. I think they probably checked in closer to around midnight. Yeah, it was definitely a it was definitely a night like by the end of it. And then if you're Kaylin Haley, it was probably almost sunrise again. Yeah, you you definitely don't want to be running around where the East Side Gallery is at night from experience. I have been to the East Side Gallery. I went there when I went to Berlin and uh, yeah, it's not the nicest of areas. I hear they have a rivalry with the West Side Gallery. Lots of finger snapping. And lots of Puerto Ricans. <laughs> what are you on about? West Side Story. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Sorry. <laughs> the worrying thing is, this is, I think, the fifth musical that Logan has referenced this season of podcasts. Really? I'm not even a musical guy. <laughs> yeah, because we went through that blitz of musical references on uh, on the preview, if you remember. I think we did four. Yeah, I have no recollection of this. <laughs> we talked about Rick Moranis and about Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yeah, talked- we did. We talked about Book of Mormon, and there's a couple of others. I can't remember which which ones they were, but yeah. It's definitely the fourth or fifth musical that you've referenced this season. So I'm now, I'm now the musical guy? Yeah, Logan is our musical theatre correspondent. You don't even know you like musicals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning so much about myself. So yeah, teams must now drive a Trabant to Teledisco and then dance the night away to get their next clue. And all of the team struggled with working out how to even drive a Trabant. This was a good scene. Did you see Gary trying to get in the back? And who the hell is trying to get in the back with him? And Camera sound guy. Hung and she. Did you see their cameraman was in the front? He couldn't lean far enough back towards the to, towards the window to get she's face. There was some, when one car drove off, the cameraman was actually hanging out the window. To get far enough back. It was so gold. See, the problem I have with this, and yes, is a good scene. The problem I have with this is it's genuinely unsafe for people to be driving <laughs> such small cars. Who cares? No, it is. It's <laughs> like, like Gary is a similar height to me, I think. I think he's about 6'5". If his knees were up to his chest when he was driving that, that is genuinely dangerous. <laughs> hey, Barney, do you know how hard it is to drive with your knees? <laughs> For all the people who were moaning that these seasons don't have any kind of putting people into danger anymore, like like that thread on Reddit that I saw earlier, like this was genuinely probably the most dangerous thing they've done this season is driving a Trabant but not actually having the legroom to touch the pedals properly. Yet it's not even the most dangerous thing to happen in Berlin on the Amazing Race. I mean, it's like the only thing that was going to top Victoria getting shoved by Jonathan was if somebody got hit by another car because it got stuck in the middle of traffic driving a Trevant. There was one, I don't know which car it was, I don't know whether it was Ishwaran or Pana, but they 
started off and the cameraman actually wasn't in the front seat at all. There was just the camera on the seat. So I don't know where the cameraman was. But I just loved the whole scene. I also noticed too that the we got some extreme close-ups of the teams and I'm thinking, well, because the car is so damn small that the camera operators <laughs> probably having the camera right in their face. I know I bitch a lot about the car that we got in Texas in March, but this is a genuinely small car. I would not have fit in that car, I'm sorry. It would have been faster for Gary and D'Angelo to pick up the car and just run with it through the streets <laughs> to the next route marker. Do you think it's the same size as a Mini Miner? I think it's probably smaller. My parents once won a Mini Miner. I don't know how they won it. I think it was in one of the pub raffles. Then there was a Mini Miner sitting in our garage and I'm like, what are we doing with this thing? I think they just sold it again. It's called a Mini Miner? Yeah. Well, in Australia, it was called a Mini Miner. I wonder if it's, wouldn't that be like one of the Seven Dwarves? Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go, working in the mines. That'd be a mini minor. Jeez. <laughs> and in a really weird confessional, Riley and Madison say that their first thought was, how are the blondes going to drive this? When they were literally the only people who were ahead of James and Will who drove worse than the blondes. Uh, unintentional bias? Yeah. There's another comment that they uh, that they had in, in Almaty that we're going to get to as well, but I think Riley and Madison are the villains of this season. So Phil says Berlin beats everywhere when it comes to nightlife, and Teledisco is a disco phone booth which lasts three minutes and they have to dance for the entire song to get their next clue. I want it. I want to be in one. I want to go in a little disco thing like that. It looks like so much fun. Looks like looks seizure-inducing. <laughs> it's fun. Here's the thing. As much as it looks fun... It is a bad task for Amazing Race because at most you can get two teams in there and that's only if they're small people. But that's okay. It's only, it's only what, three minutes? And it's like, it's better than just, oh, go to this location and pick up an envelope. They, at least they get to do something there. But two, more importantly, if you thought the Eastside Gallery was in a rough area of town, this is on an industrial estate in the <laughs> middle of Berlin where you will get stabbed. Well, that's why they're driving the Trevants. Can you imagine any German criminal be like, oh man, I'm going to carjack somebody today, and then you see seven Trevants pull up, it's like, I'll just wait, you guys get a free pass. <laughs> I, can't, I don't even know if I could flip it and, and sell it to somebody else. <laughs> to quote friend of the podcast Bindles, when I hadn't even watched the episode yet, he sent me this message on Facebook. I'd really like to know the thought process that went into a Berlin leg featuring a World War II era suitcase directly followed by a ride in a cramped vehicle that's prone to unscheduled stops directly followed by being locked in a tiny room that's filling with smoke. Imagine if like it was Gary who got the seizure from the from the lights and the teledisco. Like that would be I, I don't think he would be able to lay down all the way across to seize on the ground properly. But like, I guess that wouldn't be the worst of his problems. No, it's the size of either a phone booth or a portaloo, depending on who you are. I guess it's whatever you spend more time in. To be fair, in some areas of the UK, they're interchangeable things now, given how much piss there is in phone booths. Oh, that's that's why Clark Kent always wants to change into Superman. He wants to normally use a phone booth. He's like, ugh, I gotta change into some different clothes. Yeah, what you don't see when Clark Kent is changing in a phone booth is the fact that he's disinfecting every surface of that phone booth before he changes. Can't get anything in my suit. 
So yeah, one's team's experience with Teledisco, which apparently has about a thousand Instagram followers even two years later. Teams must now drive themselves to Andal's Hotel and search for their next clue. Caution, yield ahead. James and Will lose Hung and Chi and Riley and Madison, and we enter an ad break with a friend advice of Will saying, it's not working, which is from the Paris ramp. And James and Will's clutch just cops out, and they get two options from production, and this is why they didn't get a, uh, a penalty. They can either try and fix the clutch, which is a hilarious idea that anyone is going to fix the clutch, or run to the hotel, and they obviously choose to run to the hotel. And then Gary and D'Angelo choose not to yield and find a roadblock clue, which is who wants to feel the wind in their hair. And in this roadblock, one team member must face first repel down the hotel and unscramble a word puzzle using letters they see on the way down to get their next clue. And apparently it's like pretty much identical to the previous Berlin roadblock in season 22. See, the thing is, Wikipedia lists it as base jumping off the park in Alexanderplatz roof i don't think it was i think it was face first repel as well in which case it's entirely identical to an active route involved from the previous berlin leg and that's the thing as good as this leg kind of was for this season at least none of the tasks are that unique really there's east side gallery which is in season six there's the driving the trabants which was season six there's the face first repel which was 22 only the detour is actually new and neither of them are particularly wonderful tasks are you saying that disco isn't a wonderful task? No. A good task on Amazing Race is both fun and has the opportunity for people to overtake each other. Nobody could overtake each other at Teledisco. I was waiting for there to be a quiz at the end of Teledisco. How many colours were used in the strobe lights? <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to that. Uh, how tall is the phone booth that you went into? How do you spell Teledisco? My problem with the task is essentially... There's no nuance to it. It's a very straightforward, just go to this place, last three minutes whilst dancing to German disco, and then go up. The task is to drive there rather than the actual thing. Well, yeah, but there's some, sometimes they just pick up an envelope somewhere and then go somewhere else. So I think it's nice to have something different instead of picking up just picking up the envelope. I'm actually kind of surprised that Ishwar was able to do it, because I've heard a rumour that he typically finishes in under three minutes. He may finish his confessionals in under three minutes, Logan. <laughs> so it is D'Angelo, Madison, Hung, Will, Aparna, Leo, and Haley doing the roadblock. And the bigger challenge to this seems to be walking up 15 flights of stairs. And it also seems that there was an unaired weight restriction to this. Because one team, we heard say, you must not weigh more than 200 pounds. Which I suspect may have excluded someone. Uh, not suspect. I believe this was confirmed on Twitter that Gary was not allowed to do it. I'm quite surprised they didn't actually air the full thing to say, please note, D'Angelo must do this roadblock. But I'd sort of assumed that Gary was going to be the one to get excluded. Maybe Gary and Big Easy are going to have their own support group. Well, granted, that's the, granted the Harness's inability to support them is why they couldn't do this roadblock. So D'Angelo misses the letters, so he has to go again, and then makes a pact with Hung to help each other. And then Madison also misses the letters, and despite Hung being better than she at heights, she's not a fan of the challenge, and gets the episode title of I'm not walking, I'm just falling. And she's first to solve the word puzzle, which is, of course, sauerkraut. Um, I, didn't, I couldn't get that word. It was really troubling me. I couldn't get that word, and I, I would have had no hope. I would have been like most of them. But how funny was her screaming? It sort of rivals Scott's. And 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 then she just said, "Have fun, okay, bye." 
see, the thing is, her screaming was misleading because she was screaming at the whole movement of being dropped. She wasn't actually that scared. In every other bit of this we've seen, it's been edited to make it look like she was absolutely terrified. And she was more screaming that she couldn't get a grasp on the wall than anything, I think. I don't think she was actually that scared. She probably thought there was something genuinely wrong with the harness or the mechanics of the thing. Like, I was expecting to walk down the wall, not fall off the wall. And see, the, the other problem for this task, I know I'm, I'm in a grumpy mood today, but my problem with this task is the fact that in any other season, they probably wouldn't have made them spell out sauerkraut. They would have made them spell out either the next location or detour or roadblock or whatever. That's hard, though. If you don't know all the locations in the country that you're in, how would you, how would you be able to figure that out? Yeah, but sauerkraut's not going to be the first word that comes to your mind when you think Germany. No, but you can't. Uh, I mean, you can't have a location name there. That's just, just too difficult. Especially when no one's heard of what the next location is. Yeah. I don't see the relevance of sauerkraut to this leg. Usually they make a puzzle like this a lot more relevant to the leg. That is true, but I'm guessing just because of where they were going next that that wasn't really an option. And and I think, because actually the contestants and fans on Twitter have engaged in a feud over whether or not alliances are ruining the season. And I think this is the first case of, hmm, the fans might have a point to this. We, we're seeing a six-team alliance on this leg. <laughs> This is something I wanted to bring up at the end. Do you guys think that the Alliance is ruining the season? I think for this episode, I think it, the repelling challenge for Sauerkraut, I think it ruined that part because just to have someone telling someone else, oh, it's this, it's this, it's this, and it just going down the line, I think where it could have changed the order of things a lot, I think... Yeah, I did. I didn't particularly like it for this episode. Like, this is how I'm thinking it. It's not so much alliances are bad or evil on Survivor or Amazing Race. It's that on Amazing Race, the thrill is seeing how people react to different situations and different tasks. Like, for instance, the pie throwing. I'm sure Will and James would have had a hell of a reaction if they had no idea that pies were going to be thrown at their faces in Paris. And now we have a task where people are trying to figure out sauerkraut, but then that whole journey of trying to figure out that, like, this is a good way to contrast it. Like, Kaylin and Haley trying to figure out sauerkraut. Like, the frustration, going up and down those flights of stairs several times, going into the hotel and trying to find anyone who could help her. There's a reason why that those, those scenes aired for such a long period of time in the episode, because that was interesting to watch. What's not interesting to watch is have teams go up and down maybe twice, oh, figure it out, and then teams are told to, are just told, oh, it's sauerkraut, and they have no reaction. There's not that clue of like, oh, I think I got it, I think that's the word. There's no real payoff to it. It's just, it's like if somebody, if somebody just spoiled everything you were going to do in Amazing Race uh, ahead of time. Like if Phil said, oh, you're going to do this, and this is the answer to that, oh, and then you're going to do this, and by the way, there was five spears, and then you're going to do this, and this is how you get there. It's just as if the race is done for you, and that's not very interesting to watch. So you mean if Phil, for example, spoiled that the next leg was going to feature two details and two roadblocks? That sort of thing. Yes, I'm kind of... I wish teams were given no information about that. I am trying to rattle through these episodes because I have things to say about that. So, 
it's a detour, which is belt out or belch it out. Belch out is a disgusting detour name, I'm sorry. In belt it out, teams must join the Berlin Comedian Harmonists and perform a traditional song to get their next clue. And in belch it out, teams must learn a series of four beer yoga poses and teach them to a class to get their next clue. If only there were goats. And... When Hung tells D'Angelo that the answer is sauerkraut, they both wait for Madison, and then she gets a bit annoyed at D'Angelo for stealing the only taxi when he didn't even know any of the letters, never mind the words. Friction within the alliance, alas. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably going to have absolutely no payoff if the storylines of this season are anything to go by. We can only hope we've got five episodes to do this. <laughs> So Parner and Leo both struggle to unscramble the letters, and they work together and end up getting it correct. And then Haley arrives as Leo and Aparna are leaving. Leo decides not to help her, and definitely doesn't tell her to think of condiments. I wouldn't see it as a condiment, because sauerkraut here is like another portion of your, of your dinner. It's not as though it's a sauce. It's an accompaniment. It's not a sauce. I agree. I wouldn't think of it as a condiment either. Because if it was, then we would have been taking the piss out of Johnny Mustard in Amazing Race Canada by calling him Johnny Sauerkraut. Not what was what was Derek Mayo? Is that what the name was? <laughs> it was Derek Mayo and the Condiment Kid. Still one of my favorite um, episode titles we've ever had. <laughs> so James and Will arrive at the singing challenge and realize that it might be a bit trickier than they expected. And then Gary and D'Angelo leave Belch in first. And teams must now find Newcolm, the pit stop for this leg of the race, the last team to check in, may be eliminated. I enjoyed that the beer instructor was Australian, because aside from Germany, which drinks a lot of beer, I think the Aussies are next in beer drinking, I don't know, but it was, it was, it was good. Because of course she was Australian, is all I have to say. <laughs> I wonder what beer goat yoga would have been. Do the goats get to drink beer too and sip as well? Genuinely, if we'd done a fake recap on this episode, I think Logan and I would have got a lot of stick for joking that the beer yoga instructor was Australian. There's a few things in these legs that I'm like, if we'd said that on a fake recap, we would have probably got a bit of grief for that. I don't understand what you would have said that's mean, but okay. No, for just resting on stereotypes. Yeah. As to be fair, we do a lot on the fake recaps, I'll be honest. I just love that an Aussie has gone overseas and found something to do with beer, and that's her job. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think more than any other country, you can pretty much guarantee you'll find an Australian far quicker than any other nationality in uh, in any major city, I would say. Australians love to travel. Well, we do, yeah. We travel a lot. Australians and Germans love to travel. They're like number one and number two whenever I go backpacking. Yeah. And they both love beer. <laughs> yes. Travel and party. <laughs> so Hung and Chi leave Belch in second after one attempt, obviously. And Haley keeps getting the letters wrong. Then Riley and Madison leave Belch in third. And James and Will leave Belch in fourth. And Gary and D'Angelo check in in first and win $7,500 each. Can we talk about the greeter? Do you think he was drunk or on drugs? Genuinely, my next note is the greeter is definitely drunk. I think he's something. There's something going on there. <laughs> I was just looking at him. I wasn't looking at anyone else. Just him. Welcome to Berlin! Yeah, the thing is, from what I've heard from Mark Doyle, New Cold is not in a nice area either. 
they are doing a tour of the shithole areas of Berlin in this episode. Because <laughs> it's dangerous and genuinely a little bit criminal, as we'll get to by the end of this episode. Because I don't know whether you guys have heard the uh, the thing that actually happened at this pit stop. Oh, God, I wouldn't be surprised considering the greater. What happened? So, Riley and Madison checking in second, Hung and Chi checking in third, and took a wrong turn when the taxi dropped them off, and for some reason Phil tells them that they missed out on $15,000. I think that was to create... I think production is getting frustrated with the Alliance, too, when they heard that. Because, I mean, Phil really grills Hung and Chi. He doesn't, yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't really grill teams, but he's like, I don't think I've ever remembered a team waiting for all of their other allies. We've watched that multiple times throughout the years. Uh, waiting for all of their other allies to get to the bottom and tell them the answer. And guess what? You missed out on $15,000 because of Gary and D'Angelo. And they stole your taxi. Do you remember them stealing your taxi? Because I want you to remember that for future legs. James and Will checking in fourth. Haley ends up asking for help on the unscramble. And someone in the hotel finally tells her. And they leave in last. And then Ivana and Ishwa checking in fifth. Leo and Alana checking in sixth, and Kaylin and Haley checking in last. And a save from elimination once more. Now, did you notice something interesting about uh, Kaylin and Haley's check-in? The sun was up? <laughs> it's something that I don't think has ever happened in Amazing Grace history, at least not to my memory. There was no mat. They did not check in at the pit stop mat. And the reason they didn't is because someone stole it while production weren't looking. What? (laughs) Oh my god. God's honest truth, this has been confirmed by Alana, I think it was, on Twitter. Somewhere between Leo and Alana checking in and Kaylin and Haley checking in, the pit stop mat got stolen while production weren't looking. And I've gone back and looked at Kaylin and Haley's check-in, and Phil and the greeter genuinely are not at the mat. Oh my god. But they're always at... Where was the whole production team? Don't they hang around the mat? I'm assuming they were at the caravan area where we saw them doing the rest period, probably trying to warm up, because it wasn't particularly warm in Berlin at that time of year. Oh my god. Did they have one the next episode? Yeah, they definitely had one in uh, in Olmacy. Well, how did they get it back? I'm assuming they had a spare. Imagine being the guy who was watching the episode and be like, <laughs> thanks for completing the decoration in my room. <laughs> I've got my own feng shui going on. So yeah, Caitlin and Haley managed to hit the second and final non-eliminate episode of this season. Well. Well, yeah. There's still a non-elimination to go. Then we're getting into, we can save that for next week. You know how I feel about how to count legs on Amazing Race. Oh no, we're having that discussion at the end of this episode. (laughs) Oh, and I should note, do you think the pit stop greeter was from the kit was just plucked from the Kit Kat bar in Berlin? Because that is like the most one of the most notorious clubs in the world, I'm thinking. I'm pretty sure they probably just went in there and said, Ah, you, you come with us. And that guy's like, Haha, I'm gonna call my friends and they're gonna steal a pit stop map. <laughs> it was an inside job. Oh, that could work. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Logan, did you watch episode six in um on live TV? Or did you watch it afterwards? Uh, I watched a chunk of it on live TV. Did it have an X-Time trailer? Oh my god. That's the most overdramatic trailer I have ever seen in 20 years of Amazing Race. I, I can't. No other foreign version has ever gone that overdramatic either. You thought somebody was going to get killed. Not just that. Number one, 
they did have a still to come this season trailer, which proves they didn't go back and re-edit this episode after they couldn't air episode five when they wanted to. Number two, this is now the third coming up on this season trailer we've seen this season in six episodes. And number three, more importantly, they show teams in India. It was so unbelievably unsubtle that Leo and Alana got eliminated because they showed the six teams in India in this Still to Come this season trailer. Oh, I didn't watch the Still to Come this season trailer, but I saw the overdramatic one for Almaty. I've not seen the next time on Amazing Race trailer, because on the version that I saw, they had a Still to Come trailer that genuinely showed the final six in India doing the Mega Leg or whatever we're actually going to call it, proving halfway through this pair of episodes that Leo and Alana weren't going to leave Kazakhstan. I didn't even notice. What the hell are they playing at? And my blood pressure's going to rise even more as we get to the start of all what they are you now. <laughs> oh, jeez. I should note that the Canadian broadcast schedule has been really wonky for this season, too, because for this two-hour episode, what CTV did in my area, because I always watch the CBS affiliate because, well... As this week proved, don't stick with, don't switch to CTV for watching Amazing Race. But they showed the first hour at 7 p.m., and then they showed the Masked Singer at 8, and then something else at 9. They never show the second episode, I don't think, all night on CTV. <laughs> they're going to switch. I think they're showing the second episode, the second half on Tuesday at 7 p.m., I think. It's like, are they just going to try and lose all of their Canadian viewers who don't have CBS? So, now, let's talk about the seventh episode, because... Wait, no, 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 no. We okay. didn't talk about the chicken dance. Ah, there's nothing to say. No one has ever heard of it. It's something they made up. Well, that's fine. I thought it made everyone act really silly, and I thought Will and James were really good chicken characters. I just thought it was fun. We can't talk about fun. Oh, my God. I thought the race was supposed to be happy and fun, Michael. Good and fun. <laughs> Good and fun. Sorry. We can talk about fun, but there's a lot to talk about these episodes, and I really am aware of the fact we talked for 43 minutes on the first one. Oh, okay. So, like seven. Previously, seven teams raced to Berlin. Did you notice the next sentence, Logan? <laughs> was it the largest landlocked country bit? Nope. It was. At the detour, Hung came through for her alliance, but it wasn't reciprocated by Gary and D'Angelo. At which, of course, they showed that over Hung, face-first repelling of a building at the roadblock. There was no scenes in this previously trailer from the detour. Hung didn't help Gary and D'Angelo at the detour. She helped them at the roadblock. That is something that, number one, should have got picked up straight away as someone was script editing this. Number two, should have got picked up by Phil, not just as the person who was saying it, but as the person who is, you know, host and pretty much showrunner now, equal with Bertram. And number three, that definitely should have got picked up in the friggin' two years they've had to edit this episode. <laughs> what the hell are they playing at? God, you're a little bit angry. See, I never pay attention to the previously on segments, but yeah, that is... It's like the I'm I'm guessing this was always planned to be part of a two-hour episode, and maybe they just recorded the previously on segment like a few weeks ago. Because yeah, that is a pretty big mistake to make. That is probably the biggest mistake they've ever made in a previously, and I have no idea how, given the sheer amount of layers that these things go through, nobody picked it up. 
I don't know how Phil didn't pick it up when he was there and also saying it. And Leo and Alana checked in last place, but weren't eliminated from the race. It's just, <laughs> this previously is so emblematic of my problems with this season, which is the production and editing is so sloppy. This cast was really good, and they're being let down by such a lazy, boring production. I'm sorry. God, you are really angry. <laughs> just, jeez. Just wait till we get to the Megaleg stuff. I'm fuming about that still, even 24 hours after I found it out. The Megaleg's next week. Just just wait next week. No, we need to we, we need to discuss it today, because otherwise I'm going to be angry for an entire week. Wait, I don't mean to go back at all, but which detour option would you guys have chosen? Probably the the chicken dance yes. purely because it it seemed yeah. a little bit more flexible. Ironically, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say I think theory yoga incorporated a lot more flexibility. It seemed a little bit less stringent. Yeah, I would have done dan- the chicken dance, chicken song. Yeah, after the fact, it seemed like yeah, the chicken dance was a lot more lenient because it only took what two attempts for everybody, and they didn't they didn't enforce phonetics. They didn't they didn't enforce proper pronunciation of the German words. And also, German is not the world's most difficult language to perform or to pronounce. German doesn't really have missing letters for better or for worse. So it's a very easy language to pronounce compared to French or Spanish or any of the other major European languages, I would say. German doesn't have hidden letters on the whole, before anyone corrects me. German doesn't have hidden letters. German uses every letter (laughs) for better or for worse. So... Leo and Alana spared Kaylin and Haley from the yield, but it didn't help them at the roadblock. Gary and D'Angelo won the leg, and Hung and Chi learned a lesson, but it was Kaylin and Haley who were safe from elimination. And Gary and D'Angelo leave at 1.30am, Riley and Madison at 1.46, Hung and Chi at 1.53, James and Will at 2.04, Parna and Ishwar at 2.13, Leo and Alana at 2.14, and Kaylin and Haley just bringing up the rear at 5.32am. Now, can I ask, if they're leaving at 1.30am, do you think they, they stayed there for 24 hours? I think that one was probably close. Because otherwise, Kaylin and Haley don't get to sleep. It was definitely close. I suspect it was probably somewhere between 18 and 24. Yeah. But what about when Kaylin and... that would, It would be sunlight, though, if Kaylin and Haley checked in and then they checked out 18 hours later, though. Because that would put them at, like, noon. <laughs> yeah, Kaylin and Haley, I suspect, probably... Probably checked in somewhere about half 3am, so maybe it was just over 24 hours, this one. Mm. But the thing is, as you well know, the pit stop lengths are just based on what the next flight is. Yeah. Yeah, they usually say general rule is supposed to be either you for 8 hours, 12 hours, 24 hours, or 36 hours. It's been like that since almost the start of the series. (laughs) Yeah, but they've definitely been meddling with that in recent seasons. (laughs) It's been, yeah, uh, yeah. it hasn't been eight hours on the clock. It's just, it's, at least it's not like Amazing Race Australia 4, where no matter where you finish, you depart five minutes behind the previous team. <laughs> it's so weird. So everyone is shocked that Kaylin and Haley got saved again. They seem to all be staying in caravans just off Newcomb. And teams must now fly to Almaty in Kazakhstan. It's nice. And once there, teams have to find Kazakh Film Studio, where they will receive their next clue, and of course, choose a diesel. And guess what? They all end up on the same plane. Not just that, they all end up on the same plane, and appear at Kazakh Film Studios at exactly the same time. 
Yeah, it's... And then when you think of all the alliance, the, well, not alliances, one, the mega alliance, I don't know, it's putting, it's pushing everybody through a really narrow funnel. The worst thing is, we know for a fact they went to travel agents for this one, so production didn't even necessarily aim for them all to be on the same place. And with Kaylin and Hale, it's, it's kind of funny that even with pushing everyone through that Kaylin and Haley, because they're the only team that's never allowed in these alliances every single leg, that they still there there's a reason why they're over three hours behind consistently or around three hours behind because they're the only team that's not getting any help mm. and also i'm assuming that kaylin and Haley got a tip off from production to say don't go for the normal bag because your speed bump will be arriving separately don't go for the bag that's on fire it's just another thing where production are meddling a little bit and i don't like the heavy-handedness it's far more apparent this season than any other season recently in that production are really meddling when it comes to stuff like just telling Kaylin and Haley don't go for that bag as opposed to giving them a clue saying pick yours up from a separate bag on the original clue and more importantly if you think back to the u-turn the clue didn't say caution u-turn ahead it said caution u-turn ahead this is one of only two u-turns don't waste the opportunity and then we get the same thing with the yield this leg, where it's like, there's not that many left. Come on, guys, actually use it. And it's like, use it. Yeah, I just really don't want production meddling so visibly. Do you think these clues were writ- like the actual, like, use your U turn, use your yield? Do you think the- those messages were written after they're seeing how these rounds have been playing out? Like, they're seeing, oh crap, we just had a leg where six teams aligned together out of seven. And now there's a team that's finished last on two NELs, and they're and they're not going to have much chance to survive the next leg. One hundred percent, I think that these were written on the fly, and I'm not doubting that this has happened before. I just worry that this has become the new normal, and that production have looked towards Survivor and gone, "They're popular. They know what they're doing." And it's like they're popular with a very small subset of fans who like shit podcasts. I would not trust any of their opinions. <laughs> it's interesting that we've had this five-team alliance, what, since the Colombian... Well, I guess it was kind of the first episode where the alliance was established. Yeah, it was It, it was kind of the first flight alliance in Tobago that then morphed into the Mine Five. Yeah, so you have this five-team alliance. There's six other teams on this season. And then by the end of this leg, it's going to be five versus one with this alliance being very consistent, carried all the way through, and I'm think production's got to be thinking, ah, crap, we just had five versus six, boom, 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 because of this alliance. It's effective. If you're a contestant, it's working out well for you if you're in that five, but... But it's boring as shit TV. And I think production was probably catching on to that during filming, which is why they're saying, use the U-turn. You only have a few yields left, and I'm sure if they didn't use it this like the next leg, it's like, come on, use it, use it, then in all caps, use it! <laughs> I'll go back to what I said about the Alliance last week, which is that the Alliance as a whole is suffocating this season because it's just dominating so much of the airtime, and ironically, it's only four of those teams are actually seen. And I like all of the teams in that Alliance individually, but as a group, it is not the most dynamic television. I like how there was a post on Reddit saying, they're saying there's a five-team alliance, but Ishwar and Aparna are not really a part of it. And I'm thinking, I'm sure they're a part of it. It's just that they're 
a bit too far behind to be helped, for one. And number two, none of the other teams really specifically talk about Ishwar and Apart, and Ishwar and Apart aren't really... Like, they're not going to be saying, oh, D'Angelo really screwed us over with that taxi. I hate Gary and D'Angelo now. we got to get our payback on them. They're not really those type of people. It's far more interesting yeah. to have Gary and D'Angelo and Hung and Chi, or Hung and Chi talking about Gary and D'Angelo and say, ah, we got to stop being nice to them, because that's a much more compelling storyline. Yeah, it just seems like they were really hamstrung by the Alliance's domination this season. And let's be honest, I'm working on the assumption that the Alliance is going to be the final five now. They were hamstrung by the fact that this alliance is so dominant, but they just haven't worked out how to tell it in a compelling at all way. It's just really flat, the edit this season. Anyways, Kazakhstan. <laughs> yeah. And it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> right before we actually get to Kazakh Film Studio, one thing I did have to uh, point out is that D'Angelo does not know how to pronounce Almaty or Kazakhstan. <laughs> Kazakhstan. <laughs> because in the, um, in the travel agent, he does ask for two tickets to almighty Kazakhstan. The almighty Kazakhstan. It's like some character from Aladdin. We got rid of Jafar, but now there's that almighty Kazakhstan after us. Shit. <laughs> so we find out from James and Will that in Paris, they, Hung and Chi, and Riley and Madison solidified a final three alliance, and then there is a second tier of Gary and D'Angelo and a partner in Ishwal. They also lament the fact that only they have used any of the powers when they U-turned Leo and Alana in leg three. Leo and Alana begin the episode by saying that they've been together 10 months and have learned so much about each other, and if you hadn't seen the still-to-come-on-this-season trailer, you'd know that the next two words I'm going to write are, bye guys. We get backstory from Leo and Alana, they're out of here. <laughs> Leo taught English in Russia. He did, and I have no idea how this has only just come up, because this was not in their bio at all. If I'd known that they, they maybe even spoke a little bit of Russian, then I would have gone, yeah, the if they get to Kazakhstan, they're maybe going to do a little bit, a little bit better than you might anticipate. But I actually asked Leo about this, and he he said that he taught uh, English in Novosibirsk, I think it was. Oh, that'd be like Siberia. How did he get there? Like, why? Why did that suddenly come up in his life? It's unusual. He was just teaching English as a foreign language. He was doing what Logan does online, but actually physically. Yeah, but how do you get to Russia of all places? Like Siberia. <laughs> Novosibirsk, I don't I think it's on the eastern side. Yeah, it's Novosibirsk is the the most eastern major city, I would say. Maybe major maybe Petropavlovsk actually. Well, Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, in in terms of Russia. Oh yeah, in terms of Russia, yeah. Oh, well, I mean I mean Kamchatka I feel like is a major place on uh the board game Risk. <laughs> Depends how you count Petropavlovsk, but Novosibirsk is definitely one of the most eastern cities of Russia. Are we debating what city is more major than the other in Siberia on this podcast? I'll raise you a Novosibirsk, and I and I raise him, and I see your Petrovaya by blah blah. Petropavlovsk. Blah, blah. I only know Petropavlovsk because I am meant to go there next year. I'm probably not going there because it's 100 percent going to get cancelled. But as it stands, I am meant to be going to Petropavlovsk next year. Is that the guy where if you ring the bell that the dog starts salivating? That was Pavlov. So they all arrive together at the film studio and see a flaming horse rider who delivers their next clue. Kaylin and Haley get a separate one for their speed bump. The detour is Great Khan's spy on knockout guy. Caution, only five teams may perform each side of the detour at once. In Great Khan's spy, teams must watch a live film scene be acted out and then answer four questions on it to get their next clue. 
I wonder if there's lots of DVDs at the Kazakh film studios about flaming horse riders. Don't you have some um, some videos in your collection called something like Flaming Horse Rider? Yeah, Flaming Horse Rider 1, Flaming Horse Rider 2, and then Ultimate Flaming Horse Rider Special Edition. And a knockout guy team must learn a choreographed fight scene and smash a vase containing the next clue. In the speed bump, Kaylin and Haley must put on prosthetic beards to each other to continue onto the detour. Now, I know I rant about the speed bumps a lot, and this is obviously a pointless speed bump that maybe took them 10 or 15 minutes, and is entirely just done for comic value. But it's also another thing where I'm like, production are just meddling a little bit too much. As much as I love this task, and as much as it's hilarious for the rest of the episode to see Kaylin and Haley go around with full-on beards, they have to have amended that for whichever team came in last, unless they kind of knew it was going to be Kaylin and Haley. Oh, because how would the beards do it? And also, more importantly, what would Riley and Madison have done? Shave their beards? And then put it on somebody and put their beards on somebody else? Yeah, would they have actually had to do it, um, do a Travis and shave the beard? Yeah, well, that's that's the only team. It would have only affected one team. Maybe for Riley and Madison, they would have had to put it on an actor, which actually makes a lot more sense than doing it on, on each other. As hilarious as it is. Actually, yeah. I'm I'm certain that's what it would have been, yeah. They just would have said, well, because it doesn't affect how long it would take. It's just so, instead of putting it on the, your teammate, now you just put on these actors, so. It just feels a little bit heavy-handed to to try and go comedy. Eh, it's it's the most memorable speed bump we've had in years. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's just forcing it a bit, that's all. So yeah, Caitlin and Ailey have to wear the beards all day as well. Hung and Chi answer one of the four questions correctly, and Leo and Alana get none. And then Riley and Madison leave Knockout Guy in first. And I know, Michelle, you're going to say, but we didn't even talk about the task. And it's like, well, how can you really talk about the task that much? Not a lot happens apart from Leo and Alana messing it up constantly. Yeah, and then except Phil nearly getting wiped out trying to um, talk about the, the task. That was funny. And Esh, no, Eshwar and Aparna screamed the whole time. You know how they... They didn't do it properly so because they're just quiet people. And so when they had to do it and they got through, they just screamed the entire time. Yeah, the thing is, that's after the next bit. Like, there is very little to talk about up until Riley and Madison leave. <laughs> okay. With the Ishwar and Aparna, it's like, this kind of sums up why they've been so under-edited. It's like, yeah, we're normally really mild and really calm people, but I guess they just want us to scream. And they don't know how to scream or have proper energy like other TV personalities do. So their idea of like, well, I guess if we just try and scream the whole time, that should be sufficient. So it's like two people who never scream trying to pretend like what screaming people are like. (laughs) 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 Do we just do we have to still keep screaming through the meat market? Oh, where's the clue? Oh, no, there's Phil Kogan. We're fifth. Ah, When do we stop screaming? This is a reference that neither of you two will get, but they are very much like little Alex Horn. They just can't scream. <laughs> so, once teams leave their respective detours, they have to travel by van, which is provided by production, to a remote nomad village in the Karasai district to find the next clue. Caution, yield ahead. There are only a few legs left. Use your power to yield. Don't waste it. Bugger off production. Gary and D'Angelo have an argument over them being at different learning speeds. 
And then Kaylin and Haley get a little bit more background, just in case you're thinking that Leon and Lana are dead in the water. Kaylin and Haley then come back with, oh, we're very much capable of winning the race. Not. <laughs> and I have to say one final bit of bitching about the editing in this episode. I really, really don't like them repeating the detour introduction graphic to show which detour it is. I liked it. It's something they've never done before, and it's just clunky. Eh, well, the, the detours look, the options look alike. They're both in like students. They, they both have very similar environments, and it would be it's a bit tougher to distinguish between the two. Yeah, they could have done it in the usual way they do, which is a small, unintrusive graphic, rather than bringing up the half a screen detail one every time they switch. But also, more importantly, even the stupidest casual fan can probably work out whether the contestants themselves are doing the stunts or not to work out which detour it is. Uh, you're know. overestimating them. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I've been looking. I have the tweets for the funniest complaints blog, Michael, and I can assure you. <laughs> I mean, I just had a guy randomly on the internet yell at me for raving about a local Mexican restaurant. I love that I got to reference that in the um, in the banner tweet earlier. <laughs> you piece of shit. Yeah, apparently he does not like vegetarians. Who does? So, Hung and Chi leave Spy in second, Leo and Alana get rejected, Partner and Ishra get rejected at Knockout Guy for not shouting loud enough, and then James and Will get rejected because James came first. James and Will leave in third, with Karin D'Angelo in fourth, and Leo and Alana basically have a game over moment when they count spears with flags on them, so keep getting that number wrong. After Michael, you've had 20 complaints about the episode, so I've only had one other one so far, so I'm allowed to have a second <laughs> complaint, and that is this. One thing that's frustrating me between the Berlin roadblock and this detour is that teams don't get to know what the task is until they reach the end of their first attempt. Like with the roadblock, they get to the end. It's like, oh, uh, did you unscramble the letters? What word is it? They didn't even know they were supposed to be looking for letters. So that's kind of cheap. And then the very next leg, we have a, one of the detour options is they watch the scene play out. Then it's like, oh, you'll go see this great, great con. And then they get asked the quiz. It's like, well, we don't even know what we were supposed to be looking for. We had no chance of answering those questions correctly. So there's a difference between making a task difficult and just giving teams no shot at finishing it on their first attempt. Mm -hmm. Here's the other thing as well that I didn't mention with Berlin. In both the Teledisco and the Roadblock, and actually both detour options, only one team can do it at a time. So there is very little chance of people overtaking each other. Actually, yeah, both detour options were like that in Almighty Leg. Yeah, the the only actual chance where more than one team could face off against each other, really, was at the East Side Gallery. Every other time, it was, you're in a queue, you've got to wait. And this is one of the better legs this season where that happens. Because <laughs> it also happens again in one side of this detour, where in the stunt one, only one team can go at a time. And I know why that is. It's obviously going to be dangerous if there's more than one team there. But they've built a task where all the teams are very close together and nobody can really overtake each other. But they can, because if someone is good at the task, then they go straight away. But if they're not, they have to wait again. And so some teams are good and they can leave and some teams have more attempts. So there there can be a change in the, in the um, standings. Yeah, but the the change in the standings doesn't come from the task itself. It comes from the preparation of the task. That is a bad task structure. No, because Ishmael and Apana had to do it again. They didn't scream, so they had to do it again. If they'd done it properly the first time, they would have left the task. 
yeah, but that just meant they had to practice more. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. A better Amazing Race task is one where, even when performing the task, teams can still have the opportunity to overtake each other. Using the example of that Berlin roadblock again, every other time they've done a face-first repel, including in the finale of last season, they had more than one team be able to do it at a time. In the finale of last season, all three teams could be on that building at the same time when they were doing the face-first repel. There is no excuse for them not doing it in that Berlin roadblock. But if there's one team back in Kazakhstan doing the challenge, they can still overtake each other. Even if it's one team at a time, they can still do it. Yeah, they can't overtake each other in the task itself. No, They have to overtake each other in the preparation. That is a bad task design, especially when you're forcing all the teams to be together, which they were. Imagine there is one way that this detour would have been broken, and that's if the Alliance had all chosen the Great Khan watching when they had the quiz one, because if, like, say, when Hung and Chi get all their answers, if, say, Riley and Madison and Gary D'Angelo also, also chose that task, they could be like, oh, these are the answers. There you go. So at least that didn't happen. At least it was Hung and Chi, Leo and Alana, and Kaylin and Haley who did th- that side of it. We actually had a detour where it played out as it was supposed to. <laughs> but it's entirely not production's fault that it did that. Production were lazy in their structure on this. And at least the other side of the detour, the action sequence, that's not a task where you can share answers. You can't you can't teach Ishwar and Aparna how to scream. They have to do that themselves. No. So Ishwar and Aparna do leave in fifth, with Kaylin and Haley leaving Spy in sixth. And in the village, teams must lead a camel to a yurt and recreate the interior from an example, including a boiled sheep's head. Thankfully, unlike Amazing Race 13's fossil wood, they don't have to eat it to get their next clue. And Hung and Chi and Riley and Madison choose not to yield. And then Leo calms Alana down, and they say in confessional at the pit stop of this leg that they know how to support each other. And then James and Will, Gary and D'Angelo and Aparna and Ishwa choose not to yield. And then Leo and Alana finally leave Spy in last after 10 attempts. Did you see what Leo and Alana wrote on Twitter about how long they had to wait in between guesses? How the performers actually had coffee breaks? There's two tea breaks during their 10 attempts. It's awful, isn't it? Jesus. So the Alliance then convince Kaylin and Haley to yield Leo and Alana, and of course by the Alliance, I mainly mean James and Will and Riley and Madison. No, somebody else piped in too. It was mainly those two teams. In which case we get the classic M. Bison, game over! Interestingly, actually, Hung and Chi didn't do any of that nonsense. They didn't shout to Kaylin and Haley at all about the yield. Hmm. They were the only one of the five in that alliance not to uh, to even try and encourage Kaylin and Haley to do it. They're like, uh, yield Gary and D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> yield those shits, even though they're ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, just you. We just want to see their faces on the board. They were too busy with um, Hung saying, oh, look, we've just got 90 seconds. We've just got to be quiet. You have 90 seconds to air your frustration. You have 90, after the 90 seconds is over, Chief, you have to calm down. It would have been better if he just starts swearing constantly in the cab. Why'd you do this? That was so effing stupid. 90 <laughs> seconds are over. I'm okay. I'm sorry. I love hugging Chi too much with that. And Riley gets the episode title, as we suspected, when he beard bumps Kaylin and Haley. That was such a spoilery episode title. I said that like five, I think I said that, what, three or four weeks ago? Where I'm like, It was last week. Last week we were discussing it. Yeah, I'm like, hmm, 
I think Riley and Madison make it to episode seven. Mm. <laughs> well, well, actually, all of the episode titles are out for this season now, and that is the, the last remaining spoiler one. Thank goodness. Imagine if that ep- was the episode title in the finale. <laughs> the, well, the, the most infamous one of that is the finale of 27, which was uh, We've Got the Million Dollars Baby or something. Well, that wasn't blatant. You didn't know for sure who was saying it. No, but it was a Justin quote. We'd never heard either of the other two teams in the... Uh, Oh, the the other three teams in the final four call each other baby. Yeah, but this was just, it's like there was room for doubt. Here it's, hmm, one team has beards and the episode title is Beard Bump. I wonder who the hell that could apply to. <laughs> it was We Got a Chance, baby, before Justin messages me and goes, how can you not remember our episode title? But yeah, the episode title for the finale is something proper lame. I know that. It was like, this one's for the million or something stupid at least it's not this 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 beard will be made of gold or something like that <laughs> i'm just glad they're not telling us who's in the finale <laughs> give it time so hung and chi and james and will realize that they need to find a sheep's head then riley and madison get rejected because of the head then because they're in an alliance james and will help riley and madison and then they leave in first and teams must now head to the green bazaar and search the meat market for their next clue and I'm calling it the Green Bazaar rather than the name that they actually got on the episode because the Green Bazaar is a former Amazing Race task location. It was visited by Norway. Mm. In their task, they had to um, find ingredients and eat the uh, eat the entire Kazakh meals to get their next clue, I believe, in their penultimate leg. The one thing I noticed about this leg, I'm thinking... Everything that people would associate with Mongolia is happening in this leg. We get a Genghis Khan detour. We get a yurt challenge, because yurt is synonymous with Mongolia. And we get a meat market. I'm thinking, hmm, was this leg really in Kazakhstan? (laughs) See, the thing is, not only is there not a lot of Kazakh content, yes, you can kind of argue the the detour is, is Kazakh content because of Kazakh film being such a massive studio in Asia. And I was Googling it, and apparently uh, Genghis Khan, that Kazakhstan's trying to claim a lot of Genghis Khan heritage, too. Yeah, but also, added into that, not only is there not much Kazakh content in this, it's also a very linear leg. There is no roadblock. There are, what, two route markers in this? No real chance to overtake. The only real chance to overtake is at the detour, and everyone's there at the same time. How many legs do we have where there's a detour but not a roadblock? That's a combination that doesn't happen too frequently. Three? This season, is it now? It's two or three. Detour but no roadblock? I thought I thought it was roadblock but no detour. Trinidad and Tobago had roadblock no detour. Uh, Colombia had roadblock no detour. Then Brazil had detour no roadblock. Paraguay had both. Paris had two roadblocks no detour to make up for the fact there was a a leg with no roadblock then berlin had roadblock and detour now um kazakhstan which i nearly called mongolia then kazakhstan had um detour no roadblock so that's two two legs with detour no roadblock there you go so we've had one normal leg yeah we've had one leg that had both a detour and a roadblock and that was berlin (laughs) Once upon a time, season four, episode four of Amazing Race was the very first time where they didn't have a detour, 
then a roadblock, then a pit stop. <laughs> they had the roadblock before the detour, and since then, things have been shuffling up more and more slowly through time. So at least we get double everything next week. So there you well, go. Well, <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, God. Now another observation test. When Leo and Alana arrive at the um, at the yield, how did they know that Kaylin and Haley were the ones to yield them? Intuition. Did you spot it? No, I didn't. No. The courtesy of pictures are not on the boards this time. They are on the hourglasses, and they are very, 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 very small. I was about to say, I don't. I, I didn't recall see Kate. There was no courtesy of picture. Was, so they know for sure. Was it off camera? <laughs> yeah, the courtesy of pictures are stuck very badly on top of the hourglasses. The pictures are far too big for the hourglasses, so it kind of folds over at the top, but um, it's only actually visible when Leo picks up the hourglass and turns it over. Well, there must have been a reason for it. Well, they just wanted to shrink the yield board, but it kind of doesn't work if there's no actual proof of who did it. I'm sorry. <laughs> because the thing is, say Kaylin and Haley had had got to the yield first and still done it, no one's going to notice that Kaylin and Haley actually used the yield unless they knew that they were there before them because of how small the pictures are. The pictures are tiny. So from a production standpoint, I kind of get it because they just want to shrink the boards and not have to carry around as many courtesy of pictures and all that sort of stuff. But from an actual TV watcher's point of view, it just it doesn't work. It really doesn't. It If we hadn't seen Kaylin and Haley use it, there would have been no proof of who used it for us as TV viewers. You said the picture is... Oh, okay, but the picture is on, and obviously maybe the teams are asked to say who has yielded them. Yeah, the picture is on, but the picture is only actually properly visible in a um, in a picture that went up on CBS's website. That's the thing. That's the only reason I know where the courtesy of picture was from. It's only slightly visible when Leo turns the hourglass, and that's only if you're paying attention. It just doesn't work. You don't work. I'm just thinking a lot of things aren't working for you, Michael, these two episodes. It's just the whole thing is defunct for you. Let like... me watch my amazing race. <laughs> I came into this season with a very low hope after the past two seasons, being perfectly honest. This yeah. is better than the last two seasons. Yes. This cast is really good. This cast is being stifled by shit production. And I'm sorry, but I've got to be as brutal as that the production are being lazy editors are being lazier and i'm going to continue harping these points as the grumpy old man of our podcasts and you're the youngest one here yes you're bringing down my vibe (laughs) i I don't give a shit if i'm bringing down your vibe because i'm telling you the truth exactly (laughs) so leo and alana say that they only hate kaylin and Haley a little when uh, kaylin and Haley apologize by shouting to them Riley and Madison leaving second, Hung and Chi leaving third, and she helps Gary and D'Angelo again, and then apologises to Chi in the van on the way to the market, and says he has 90 seconds to get frustrated and then get over it because he's wasting energy. I know a good reason why you can't do self-drive legs in Kazakhstan. Because boy oh boy, if you make a wrong turn in Kazakhstan, (laughs) it's not the type of place you want to be in trouble. It's why they always have to choose Almaty, because it's like one of the... You can't do it in Astana because there's so much security and, and so many vloggers have gotten into trouble in Astana but Almaty's like is the one city where 
things are a bit more open, but even then, I'm sure you still don't want to risk having teams do a self-drive leg and be pulled over by Kazakh police. <laughs> it's not it's not a good thing to have happen. No, I, I get why they're not self-driving. Just, it feels like, it feels like a coach tour. This, like, <laughs> it feels like they're on an excursion from a cruise ship. And I'm not meaning that complimentarily. That's because you want to be on your cruise right now, Michael. <laughs> that is true. I should I should not be on this podcast. I should be in the middle of the Tasman right now, but I'm not. And I'm here to bitch about these episodes. <laughs> so Gary and D'Angelo get a completely non-committal approval and leave him forth. And once teams find the clue box hidden in the meat market, they have to find First President's Park, the pit stop for this leg of the race. The last team to check in will be eliminated. And do you know why it said will be eliminated, guys? Because they usually do that when someone's eliminated? Nope. It was more importantly because there are no non-elimination episodes left, as we will find out. What do you mean? There has to be three. No, there's no more non-elims because there's only 11 legs this season. What? Because next week is a double length leg. (laughs) So, James and Will checking in first, and they win a prize that genuinely could have come from one of our fake recaps because they get a trip to vegas <laughs> <laughs> i laughed so hard when that prize was announced because it's like you guys get to go to france again you guys get to go to somewhere interesting like vietnam i think it was last week you guys you get to go to vegas why did they do that that's the only thing i had against this episode the only thing like why vegas it's the shittiest Travelocity prize they've given away, maybe ever. <laughs> I mean, I do love Vegas. Vegas is a shithole. I don't care. I love Vegas. I love for what it offers you in just entertainment. And I would go there again. But it's, Vegas is one of my favorite places, too, as well as even my mom loves Vegas. My dad loves Vegas. My siblings love Vegas. We all love Vegas. Vegas is a shithole and is probably the worst place I've ever been. <laughs> really? Oh my god, awful. you obviously didn't do the good things. We went when it was about two weeks away from a heatwave. I know I've told this story so many times now. We went when it was about two weeks away from a near record-breaking heatwave, so you couldn't go outside. It stank of cigarettes everywhere. It was super expensive. There was nothing to do, and it was very boring. What? what nothing to do it's the most exciting place i've ever been well you've not been anywhere interesting logan god (laughs) you know that's not the case sorry logan's been everywhere but seriously how can you except berlin apparently oh my god michael i don't drink i was 20 so i couldn't gamble there was nothing to do there's stuff other my mom doesn't do either of those things and she's we st- like uh, when my brother and I went there. Our main thing was the first night we went to Michael Jackson Cirque du Soleil. Uh, the uh, second night we went to a UFC event, and the third night we saw Penn and Teller. And in between that, we checked out the old Vegas area. We checked out all the hotels, and every day we were breaking records for how long we walked. And we also did the the high roller. Uh, ferris wheel thing so and the roller coaster and the yeah i was i still have ptsd from the roller coaster there's so (laughs) many shows that are out the front of of the hotels that you don't have to pay for you just they're just spectacles and then there's the shows inside 
And then there's all the stuff. There's so much stuff to do. Michael, I can't understand. It's super expensive. Everyone's miserable. It's hundreds of miles away from anywhere interesting. And it was far too hot. Everyone's miserable. And it's not that hot. It's just like Sydney in a heat wave. It's it's fine. No, it was... It was near record breaking, Michelle. Like two weeks after we were in uh, in Death Valley, which we went to right after Vegas, it was about four degrees Fahrenheit from the world record ever. It was super hot. It it was somewhere between about forty five and fifty degrees Celsius when we were in Vegas. It was very yeah, it's hot. Hot. You like it on the surface of the sun, but it's, you've got a pool. There's a pool. <laughs> yeah, but the pool was too hot. That's the thing. The pool. Look, Logan, <laughs> Logan, seriously, if Michael cannot be convinced about Vegas, seriously, there's an issue. Michelle, genuinely, you are more likely to convince me that this is a good season than you are likely to convince <laughs> me that Vegas is anything other than a sad, <laughs> depraved shithole of a place. Oh my God, there's no hope for Michael at all. There's just no hope. Anyway, let's bring my blood pressure down by talking about the fact that Phil tells them the next leg is a mega leg, double detours, double roadblocks, and double the distance. And Will does the eyebrow. Did you notice Will's eyebrow on the mat? Will did do the eyebrow. However, I've got a little inside information on the mega leg that it is not a first. It is nothing special. Can you say nothing with more emphasis? Go. Right. Phil introduces the mega leg as being something we've never done before. And it's like, ooh, are they actually going to do double details and double roadblocks and double the distance in the same actual single leg? And then the press release comes out for next leg and it's like, both episodes are covering the same leg, therefore it is a double length leg, just like they used to do and like they've not done for a little while. The last one, actually chronologically, is Amazing Race Australia 2, because I will die on that hill that that was a double length leg rather than keep on racing. This isn't even the first double length leg they've done in India. That's the thing that really gets my goat. They're acting like this is something brand new, and it is nothing brand new. Yeah, they did this in season seven. How is a double-length leg different from a keep-on-racing leg? Right, we're going to have to have this argument. I'm sorry. Keep-on-racing legs keep-on-racing legs are when the host, whether that's Phil or John or Grant or the racist who now does Amazing Race Australia, who I'm not discussing... When they say at the pit stop, your next leg starts right now, usually they get a prize if they check in first. Leg one of this season was a keep on racing leg. The key difference is that keep on racing legs are not necessarily eliminations, as we saw with leg one this season. Double length legs are two legs smashed together. There is sometimes a midpoint match at, but it is a virtual pit stop. There is not always a virtual pit stop in the middle of it. See the Ukraine leg from Amazing Race 10. That is usually where they will not do any sort of you get a prize. It's literally your next clue's here. Yeah, so the only difference is that Phil isn't on the mat saying keep on racing. That's the only difference. They're still doing the same amount of stuff. The keep on racing legs are two separate legs. It's just there is no rest at that pit stop. Is there rest at a pit stop when it's a keep on racing? I don't think there is. They just keep on racing. That's what I said. Keep on racing legs are where it is a no rest pit stop and the pit stop time is literally zero minutes, which is legs one and two from this season. But is it, do you think there's a rest next week? No. Next week is one giant leg that lasts yeah. over two episodes. Legs one and two this season were not one giant leg that lasted over two episodes. It was a pause in the middle, 
albeit a pause that we saw over two episodes. It would be funny is if when they're halfway through the next round, these next two episodes, if they just have an equalizer, an overnight equalizer, and then everyone keeps racing. That'd be hilarious. Well, you know the best thing? The fact that they've particularly trumpeted this one as having double the distance of a normal leg. This is the only leg that is in the same city over two episodes of the entire season. There is only one place where two episodes are going to stay in this entire season, and it is Hyderabad in India, which is next week. So it can't even be double the distance. It'd be, well, how far is it from Berlin to Almaty by plane? Isn't it like a few thousand miles away? Well, Phil implied that they're going to be covering double the distance during that actual leg when they get to India. They're not. They're going to be staying in the same city for two half legs. So let's see. Let's uh, let's see how much of a liar Phil is with this. So Berlin to Almaty, they traveled... Let's see. It's 5,747 kilometers away from Berlin to Almaty. Uh... And next, and the next two rounds are in the same city, so they can't even say double the distance. Because if it's double the distance, that would make it 11,400 kilometers. We're probably going to get about 50 or 60 at best. <laughs> the thing is, this is the, the first double lend leg in US since season 14 in their Beijing leg. Keep on racing legs are not double lend legs. I'm sorry, this is a hill I'm going to die on. And let's be honest, we're going to be discussing this a lot more next week, because there won't be much to talk about. Is next week going to be two episodes, or would you class it as one? No, no next week is is two one-hour episodes, because, as we showed this week, they haven't re-edited these episodes. So actually, given we know the double episode schedule, it would have been almost in the first half of the next leg this week, and then the conclusion of leg eight would have been next week. But only one team goes out next week. So it's like a non-elimination, but it isn't. It is, but it isn't. It's not because it all counts as one leg. Michael and I have argued about this for about the past, I don't know, eight years, Michael? (laughs) (laughs) It's great, isn't it? This is something I'm super pernickety about, is the double length legs or keep on racing argument. Because next week is a double length leg as we had last in season 14. It's not a keep on racing. It's not a mega leg or whatever bullshit term they're trying to rebrand it as. It's the same damn thing. Can we not talk about it next week? Because it obviously riles you up, something ridiculous. All I want is for Kaylin Haley to be in last place at the end of the next episode where they have the loose caught off of, say, because I always say with double length legs, I always count them as two separate legs. Thank you, Michael, for not <laughs> responding to that. <laughs> I was waiting. Um, if Kaylin, <laughs> Kaylin and Haley, if they're in last place at the halfway point of the next round, if they're in last place, it'll be the first time ever in the American version of Amazing Race that a team gets last place at every single non-elimination point. That's what I want. I've been waiting 32 seasons for it to happen. I hope it happens next week. The only one that I will agree with you on uh, on that distinction is the Amazing Race Asia one where they had to get the bullet train, which was nonsense. Yeah, for those of you who have not seen Amazing Race Asia 2, uh, they had a whole leg through Japan. And then they said at the very end, oh, you've done this whole leg, but now everyone's going to take a train to the pit stop. And then it's like, well, then that means it's just, why not just count the train? And then it was, they got a, and then it was a keep on racing leg. So Alan handed them, they got a clue from Alan at the next city. 
So it's like, well, really, that shouldn't count as the check-in point. The check-in point was really the train station, just like how in season six, you would say the check-in point was the internet cafe. Yeah. So yeah, Phil tells them that it's a double land leg, not a mega leg, not to keep on racing. And Leo is insistent on head being important at the uh, at the camp. Caitlin's moustache gets wilder every time we see it, and by the time that they're looking for their sheep's head, it's half off her face. <laughs> Why doesn't she just stick it back on? I wonder if it just it's so cold, it's just the glue has frozen. That's the thing. It actually wasn't that cold in Almacy when they were there. Really? But someone was really cold while they were doing their yurt. Yeah, I've, I've looked this up. The weather in Berlin was worse than when worse when they were there than it was in Olmsey. Olmsey at night it went down to minus six, but during the daytime when they were there, it was as high as ten degrees. Wow! Well, someone's feet were frozen. Yeah, whereas Berlin was like minus two all the time they were doing that entire leg. So Kellen and Haley leave in fifth, partner and Ishwar in sixth, and Leo and Alana in last. And then it stays exactly the same. Leo and Alana get eliminated. I bet this five-team alliance is so threatened by Kaylin and Haley now. <laughs> <laughs> and I also have it on good authority that the yield made no difference because Leo and Alana were about 45 minutes behind Apana and Ishwa. So English, uh, so knowing English or knowing uh, Russian in Kazakhstan did not make the difference. No, Leo did have a, um, a Kazakh student in uh, in Novosibirsk, which is uh, why he. He got taught a little bit of Kazakh, apparently. Or as D'Angelo would say, Kazaka. A little bit of Kazaka. But I'm really sad that Leo and Alana went. They seem like genuinely lovely people from every interaction I've had with them. They seem really nice, and they are one of the teams who got done really dirty by the editing this season, I would say. Because as I've previously mentioned, and I know how long we've been recording, so I'm going to be very quick with this, the edit on James and Will versus Leo and Alana was just super weird. It's like they had nothing else to hang on the, hang this season on, and halfway through the season, they're gone. I have to say that Leo has interacted a lot with the fans. I will say this. James and Will's storyline is now finished. I think they go home next week. So next week, it's a double-length leg, not a mega leg. They're in India, Kaylin and Haley try and deliver food, and the alliance allegedly crumbles, not like we've seen this preview for the last three weeks of, will the alliance crumble this week? No, probably not. I think it has to crumble because Kaylin and Haley are the only team left that's not in that alliance, and they've now finished last on both non-eliminations. I, I think you'd be inclined to be like, hmm, time to start looking at bigger threats. You know who's a big threat? The team that's used their U-turn has won three legs, and used a proxy yield this episode. I'm just saying, James and Will probably got rid of their biggest shield in the competition, and now they're going to pay for it, most likely, I think. Who do you think is going, Michelle? Oh, well, if if Kaylin and Haley pull one out of the bag and stay in, say, um, maybe Pan and Ishwa. Um it depends if if anyone is yielded. Will they yield Will and James? I don't think they'd yield Will and James. I'm genuinely intrigued to see whether Rapana and Ishwan get any airtime whatsoever next week, given it's an India leg. Finally, we'll get a break from... Uh, we, we, we do engineering to... Oh, right, we visit India, which they reference in the Paraguay leg. So it's been a good three episodes since we've gotten the only other piece of knowledge we know about Aparna and Ishwar. 
So the final, final thing I have to say is that Leo lost his trousers in Trinidad and Tobago, and that's why he was constantly wearing shorts or tights. And there is a three-minute-long secret scene from this episode of Riley and Madison mocking Leo's legwear. What jackasses! Yeah, which seems like a really weird thing to put as a secret scene and actually edit in the first place. It just seems unnecessarily mean to me. Maybe they're just big fans of Robin Hood men in tights. Now it's just Leo in tights. Tight tights. It's green green tights again. <laughs> Dave Chappelle would be proud. So yeah, anything else to say? I think you've said it all, Michael, really, and I've responded and I thought I, I did, but then I thought I thought I had something to say, but then I forgot, so I guess it probably wasn't. <laughs> oh. I I mean Kaylin and Haley, I think, are going to have even more issues. Like, I thought, oh, maybe they'll be able to pull it through at the next elimination. But the only team that they've been able to beat for a long time has been Aparna and Ishwar. And the next two rounds are in India. No, the next round is in India. (laughs) The next two episodes are in India. That will air on TV. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Next Michael week. Harmstone. So, thank you for listening to our Amazing Race 32 recap. We'll be back next week to recap the double length leg eight. It is not two separate legs. Don't forget, you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are RTV Warriors. They can email us at contact at rtvwarriors.com. Logan's on Twitter at logsupkawaki. Michelle is Beth. And I'm MJ Harmstone. Logan and I will also be back to continue Belgium Mill South Africa on Thursday as we take on the other iconic episode of the season in the Ostrich Maze. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. I have endured this shit, your shit, Michael, for the past two hours. (laughs) Peace out and just chill till the next (laughs) fucking episode.